Hello, everyone. Welcome to another lovely episode of the Real Estate Podcast. My name is Colapo, I'm your host. And if you're joining us for the first time, Real Estate Podcast is a show where I meet with amazing startup founders, ecosystem leaders, VCs, policymakers, and everyone working to make this incredible in Africa. And this episode features Matthew Mastin. Who is the co-father and CEO of Get Lion? And Get Lion is founded on the premise that entrepreneurs are the key to African future. Uh, we identify problems, create solutions, to build value, and grow employment. Uh, but sadly, uh, statistics show that 50 percent of your businesses fail within the first two years. And um, Matthew is also the founder of DealBase Africa, uh, uh, which is a platform. In Africa, uh, that is the next frontier that is exploring Africa as the next frontier for early stage tech investment. Uh, the platform is on a mission to promote the opportunity, give founders to raise capital, and enable investors to optimize. Thank you, Matthew. It's an honor to have you here. Thank you. Uh, good morning to yourself. Uh, from a sunny South Africa, and good morning to your listeners. It's uh, it's an honor to be here with you all this morning. Absolutely. So, how are you doing today? How are you South Africa this morning? Yes, it's good. Uh, a number of things happening in the world. Um, always busy in the life of, uh, of anyone who's involved in a startup or uh, founding something, but uh, uh, an exciting uh, month ahead, um, particularly for us. Uh, at Get Lion, as well as Deal Base, uh, which I'll be happy to get into in the next couple of moments with you. But excited to have a productive conversation here there as well. Uh, I trust things are well on your end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so 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 let's get into it. Right, uh, tell us about your role at Berios. Uh, if you can just give us some background, uh, involved into you founding Get Lion. Sure. Yes, so I, I'll start by caveating that I am not uh, a technical founder. Um, I have very limited background in code and development. Um, in fact, I had a relatively late blooming into the world of startups. Uh, I studied finance and business at the University of Rotterdam in South Africa. I graduated in, in 2012, and like most people, um, was deciding what was next. Um, always had a bit of an entrepreneurial uh, bone in my body, and so I wanted to pursue that in whatever venture I decided to go towards. So I uh, was typically turned off by traditional career paths, uh, investment banking, consulting, accounting, otherwise. And so I wanted to move into something that gave me a bit more autonomy um, and was very fortunate to find myself uh, involved in the high net worth wealth advisory space. Uh, after about seven years, was fortunate to be able to build uh, a relatively successful um, client book uh, and exit that book to, um, uh, to a relatively favorable degree in 2019. And throughout that journey, it allowed me to really uh, get my hands dirty when it came to building a business on the sales front, on the management front, hiring, firing, etc., etc. And dealing with some pretty uh, impressive individuals when you're consulting into the 
a high net worth and ultra high net worth space, uh, particularly when it has to do with wealth management, you get to deal with some, some amazing people. And a lot of those people were themselves founders. Um, along that period, I was also very intrigued on a number of side hustles uh, and a number of angel investments, if you would. Uh, I had an investment in the coffee business, did some property um, investment as well along the time, but uh, realized towards the end of the, uh, that tenure uh, that really I wanted to move into the world of startups. Uh, I had become incredibly intrigued in global tech and the trends. Um, like most people, uh, typically stumble upon Y Combinator and everything that's happening in Silicon Valley. Uh, did that in about 2015, 2016, and did their online startup school as part of their first cohort. And really was just always fascinated with that world. So uh, in 2019, uh, once I exited the wealth management industry, really knew I wanted to get into the world of startups next. Had a little bit of capital and now time to my name. Uh, got married and was really questioning what I wanted to do next. And uh, after a couple of months that arrived on me, uh, the idea that I wanted to build a tech accelerator uh, for the South African market. There are a number across Africa, um, a number in South Africa, incubators, accelerators, uh, etc. But uh, very few that you can probably name, or uh, a lot of them are typically promoting a lot of vanity metrics and not actually delivering ground results. So I was quite uh, attracted to um, impacting that space. And in the process of trying to build out that accelerator, met my now co-founder, um, and we realized that we wanted to impact more than 50 startups a cohort every single year. We wanted to impact thousands of, of small businesses and MSMEs. And that really birthed the idea of GetLine. Um, so it was, a, it was a nine, 10 year journey in the making, but ended up being an incredible, incredible one along the way. Uh, so now uh, they found that GetLine, what was the process of launching now for you? Uh, you mentioned you, you, you're not one of the technical founders. You know, yep. I, I was a team able to come together for the call and how did it evolve into like is it a mobile application that's going to make this work? Uh, how are you sure. onboarding people on the platform? Uh, sure, sure. So, yeah, the, the you know, both, both myself and my co-founder actually are non-technical. So, um, despite a, a few business wins behind us, uh, getting to the world of building tech back solutions was very new for us. Uh, but thankfully, in the process of learning how to um, design acceleration programs, I knew the different checkpoints that we would need to reach uh, in terms of ideation, in terms of trying to achieve product market fit and really getting a workable MVP to the market. So uh, our entire mission was to try and democratize access. Uh, I know that's a word that's incredibly popular these days, but make entrepreneurship available to anyone. Um, it was happening around the time that COVID-19 was really striking the continent and more and more people were having to look at starting their own businesses. Again, GetLine is very much a uh, venture targeting more small business uh, SME style. Um, organizations, whereas a deal base that I'll touch on in a minute is particularly um, there to support startups and founders uh, and investors in the market. Um, but GetLine was really, how do we build a, a one-stop platform that allowed any individual who wanted to start a business 
uh, to access the support and remove one of the barriers that they were um, anticipated to face. Uh, a lot of those barriers, by the way, are pretty high level, but you know, in our initial market research, we understood that people had massive gaps in their knowledge in terms of how to actually go about starting a business. And even if the idea that they wanted to launch was worth pursuing, um, they typically lacked the, the systems and the infrastructure. Um, and that's that goes down to the basics of which bank account should I open to? How do I implement an accounting uh, process in my business? Um, you know, uh, what's the most effective marketing mechanism, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then obviously funding was a very big prohibitor as well as access to markets. How do I get this solution that I've now built, whatever that business is, whether it's a, a corner store or a consulting service, how do I get that in front of the right customers? And so for the better part of 12 months, we were working on building, uh, for lack of a better word, a generalist app that was going to help entrepreneurs across all of those fronts. Uh, and that was both a good and a bad thing, by the way. We've learned some good lessons over the last 12 months. Um, uh, had, had really good uptake in terms of user numbers, several thousand entrepreneurs joining the platform and, and engaging with what we had built. Um, and uh, right at inception, it's worth me mentioning, we did, we're very fortunate to secure a strategic investment into the company. Uh, so we had some cash runway uh, to play with as well. What if, uh, yeah, like how much are you able to raise at that end of stage? So uh, again, there were some terms to the round, so it wasn't uh, a straight equity round. Um, okay. It ended up being probably about 170 to yeah, about $170,000 if we look at the conversion at the time, uh, maybe $175,000. Um, and that line obviously gave us more than enough runway to run a super lean team. And I think uh, just, just touching on that fundraise, the challenge there, and uh, you know, previously I was a believer that you didn't have to have a CTO in a business. Um, mm -hmm. you know, for many years, Y Combinator, or a lot of the leading accelerators almost insisted that you had a CTO in the company. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I always used to get very defensive, as I'm sure a number of founders do, uh, thinking, why do I need a CTO? I can do this by myself, you know, those sorts of things. And it actually has very little to do with um, the fact that you can't build or can or cannot build the product technically. It actually purely has to do with cash burn. Uh, we ended up spending good 75 to 80% of that raise on technical development, uh, having to outsource wow. that. And so, uh, that, you know, if, if we're talking about, um, and obviously South Africa has slight discounts on certain tech talent, and it's one of the advantages of building from here. But nonetheless, you're, you're really spending a significant amount of cash. And so I often encourage founders, look at this from an investor's perspective, um, they are looking to de-risk the investment as much as humanly possible. And if you don't have the technical competency to build the product to yourself, uh, that's one of the issues that you will have in raising cash because uh, they know, and I now know from personal experience, that you will need to bring in um, tech talent at a cost, uh, typically at a premium. All right, yeah. So uh, so after, after like raising the cash, spending a lot on building the technical stuff, I mean, what was like the business model design for, for GetLion? And how has that evolved? Sure. Yeah, so uh, our business model, because we had built 
and by the way, why our outsource development was, was typically so high, why it was such a, um, a core, com- you know, um, core component of that initial cash runway was because we, we were building solutions across all of those different fronts that I mentioned earlier. We were trying to build a, a learning management solution so that first time entrepreneur had all of the knowledge base they required for marketing and accounting and sales, etc. Uh, we had a, a lender and funding matchmaking portal on our platform that is technically still live. Um, we managed to secure preferential um, pricing on about 30 plus uh, partner solutions for our users. So everything from zero accounting software to website hosting um, and everything in between. Uh, and then we were building out an e-commerce solution as well. And so we were doing a lot of things. Any one of those could have been its own business. Um, and in hindsight, uh, we learned uh, uh, some good lessons there. Um, and uh, just as a bit of an update and why I say that the next month is quite an exciting time for Get Lions, uh, in particular is because uh, having built such a generalist support app, we uh, decided we would need to re-raise, uh, started a fundraise again um, towards the end of last year. And again, we're able very fortuitously to bring on an incredibly valuable strategic investor uh, and raise a, a sufficient enough round to get us to a seed round uh, later this year. So having built a lot of the tech infrastructure, we needed some cash to still get us to um, the metrics that a lot of VCs typically require from a traction perspective. And so we're really refocusing our solution as being an e-commerce uh, business in a box first, supported by all of these other tools that will make it easier for people to start businesses across the continent. Uh, and that's what our recent fundraise has uh, enabled us to do, and we will relaunch the platform uh, in in May of this year. So, um, so very exciting times on on the Get Mind front. All right, and, and the launch is going to be Pan African or just South Africa? So yeah, we'll launch domestically first, um, and then look to to expand from there. I will say this though, that uh, a lot of founders are, particularly when they are raising from investors, uh, there is a temptation to push very hard on Pan-African expansion um, and sometimes to their detriment. So I think we've seen and even find investors experience uh, scaling and expanding across board is very difficult. Africa is a, uh, is a beast unto itself. The markets are incredibly um, uh, difficult uh, and challenging in terms of that expansion. So uh, we want to make sure we master things locally and then really have a good base to expand into and great feet on the ground and people on the ground uh, to help us facilitate that, that expansion across the continent. So launch in Africa and uh, or launch in South Africa and then expand um, upwards as we go from there. All right, interesting. I, I like that strategy, right? And I think it's, it's very valid. Uh, I mean, it's important for you to be able to grow uh, in your local ecosystem before you scale. I mean, I see some founders uh, that they've not even dominated their community, and the next thing is they want to just keep expanding everywhere, you know. You know, and I think it's just important for people to understand the importance of growing in your local community. Sure. Uh, learn all the lessons, you know, that that that's scaling from that point. Yeah, so sure. let's talk about DealBase.Africa. So is DealBase.Africa a spin-off from GetLion? Is there a connection? 
Sure. So um, they're, they're very separate entities. Um, okay. So I'll just start to say that. Uh, like I mentioned, I think my passion is very much around equipping entrepreneurs, but there is a distinct difference between a startup founder and a traditional business or small business owner. And so GetLine yeah. really serves the small business owner um, and SME market well from a tech stack perspective. Guildbase has been um, created really to support startup founders uh, and startup investors. And uh, ironically, it has spun out from my experience with GetLine um, uh, towards the beginning of last year in 2021. I knew that we would want to uh, raise uh, venture capital um, in preceding months. And so had very much to myself started collecting a lot of the data around uh, who are the VCs that are playing actively in the different markets um, and quite selfishly done that so that I would know exactly who to pitch. Uh, I know that's a big question, uh, a big question facing founders across the continent at the moment is I've got this great solution, now I just need cash. And they typically are really good at building their products and even their businesses, but fundraising is a skill. I think a lot of people forget that um, it doesn't come naturally for most people. Uh, and so you really have to build this other side to yourself um, and other side to your business when you need to start raising cash. Um, needless to say, uh, on the back of those uh, internal data collection efforts, um, in my conversations with a number of other funders, um, realized there was a, a big need for that data uh, in the market. And so started publishing really just a, a weekly LinkedIn roundup. Uh, that captured a lot of the fundraising activity across Africa. And, you know, one of the biggest enablers of ecosystem development and growth is simply growing awareness of the opportunities. So much like you're doing at the Curious K podcast, uh, for local and global investors to see that there is constantly movement and growth and um, success from round to round, uh, a lot of founders can really play a contributing role um, in advertising the attractiveness of Africa and its countries as an investment opportunity. So, so that was really the, the mandate there. Um, put that out very, um, without really too much of an agenda and then realized that we, we could formalize that into a platform. So uh, DealBase, which is really the, the, the child of those efforts, uh, will launch ironically next week. So good timing around, uh, around this conversation. Um, people can uh, check that out, follow on LinkedIn as well as some other social channels and check out www.dealbase.africa. And so we're going to launch that in three phases um, with some different tech uh, enabling each of those uh, benefits. Uh, first phase, which we'll launch next week, is very much uh, an incredibly um, easy um, and accessible uh, fundraising database. And uh, we're trying to really make that uh, access incredibly free and simple, um, easy to use, easy to navigate. So if you or I wanted to understand exactly what were the fundraising stats and which companies have raised those in Nigeria over the past three weeks, you should be able to pull that information. And uh, ironically, it's currently quite hard to do. Uh, not, not too accessible. A lot of investors and founders are asking that question of me and colleagues regularly. So uh, that's, that's phase number one. Uh, phase two, we do want to help founders raise cash. Um, and a part of that process starts with them building great decks. So we will have a, uh, a deck building um, service and that we will assist um, founders in terms of actually formalizing the right decks. 
uh, I probably get in my personal capacity three to five gigs a week um, just off LinkedIn and just from founders I've never met across the continent. So yeah, the, the deal-based platform is very much the product of about a year's effort in trying to collate uh, deal data that's been happening around the continent and trying to understand which investors, both Pan-African as well as abroad, have been putting their um, capital, what type of instruments they've been using, um, the type of rounds they want to participate in and what type of metrics they look for, and where they've been investing in, in terms of startups, industries, uh, different countries, etc. And so uh, DealBase will launch next week. Uh, very excited about that. And um, it's very much just a passion of mine to A, promote the investment opportunity across the continent. Obviously, a number of... Congratulations on the launch, Matthew. Yeah, th thank you, Kalaf. Well, let's, let's see how it goes first, but I'll, uh, I'll take that congrats as a, as a promising sign. Um, <laughs> for, us, for us, it's really about, I think it's a, it's a service to the ecosystem, uh, first and foremost, uh, uh, as opposed to being you know, a significant commercial opportunity. But sometimes it's important to do these things so that, uh, so that one can open doors for more tech founders. And, and ultimately, I think the ecosystem will benefit. Um, but yeah, there's a three-phased approach there, just so anyone who's interested... Um, we're launching with very much our deal raising and deal roundup um, facilities. So anyone will be able to aggregate the data that they need on what deals are taking place across the continent, um, from which investors into what sectors, which startups, and, and very importantly understand what are the mandates of those investors and what do those startups do. Uh, we've designed that to be incredibly easy to use, um, simple UI UX system and people can actually export that data. So if you wanted to know what are the deals that have been done in Nigeria over the last 25 days and you wanted to actually provide that to someone who you were engaging with or share across your own networks, you could use our platform to do that. So very excited about that. Phase two is very much to assist uh, founders in their fundraising efforts. I think purely through organic traffic uh, on LinkedIn, I receive about three to five pitch decks uh, from founders every single week uh, from across the continent. Um, amazing things being built in countries like Togo, Senegal, um, not always the big four. Uh, but again, most founders don't know who to pitch. They don't know how to pitch. They don't know who to pitch. A lot of that typically has to do with how do they get that first meeting with a, with a VC or an investor. And their pitch decks are typically quite lackluster. So phase two of the deal-based platform, we will enable founders to use our tools to actually build the perfect pitch deck and use those pitch decks to match them with the right investors, which is uh, number three, phase three. Um, a lot of the VCs that I'm familiar with and have engaged with over the last year and a half probably get four to 500 decks a month. And so what most founders don't appreciate, they typically take it quite personally when they don't get feedback from a VC. Uh, yeah. What they don't appreciate is they, they're not 100% sure how to grab the species' attention. Most VCs, the stats show they'll spend less than four minutes on a pitch deck when they receive it. And so if your deck is not fantastically well-constructed, displays the metrics and the items that the VC wants to see that you're pitching and you're not pitching the right VC, 
your chance of raising capital early are, are significantly diminished. So we think the platform will play a significant role uh, in doing that. And so, yeah, always open to feedback and any listeners here, more than welcome to contact us directly through the platform. We'd love your feedback. We'd love you to give us any suggestions of how you think we can better support the ecosystem, both founders and investors. And again, anyone keen to get involved in that, particularly in an investor capacity, uh, we would love to get in touch as well. Not to raise cash, to actually allow you to use the platform to start uh, both discovering great startups across the continent and uh, managing your deal flow as well. So yeah, a bit about deal base. Absolutely. So, so what's your plan for deal base going forward? Is it a platform <clears throat> you're looking to monetize or people will be able to assess all this data for free because there are quite a, some other platforms that are building something similar to these. Yeah. And I yeah. think they're monetized to have access to some particular data. So what, what's yeah. the model of, of DealBase going to be like? Yeah, colossal good question. Um, there are a number of players in this space. And I think uh, those organizations do this job incredibly well. Um, DealBase at heart is not a research or data firm, um, but we feel very strongly that this data in particular should be highly accessible to anyone who needs it. And so if we do commercialize, it won't be from the data itself. Uh, we, we believe that ecosystem players, investors, um, founders should be able to understand what are the trends, um, who's investing into what markets. Um, we believe that, and that's coming from my personal experience as a founder that, that uh, data, those insights would be incredibly valuable to me. And so we won't be looking to monetize on the data, but some of the other tools and services we can roll out for both founders and investors in time, if we see great fit there with the market, it's much like launching another startup, but obviously, uh, you know, my full-time job is with GetLion. So um, my co-founder and I who are very passionate about bringing this to life. And so I think for now, um, it's just about seeing whether the market loves what we're building for it. And uh, on the back of that, we do have a number of pretty good ideas around how we can commercialize the, the um, complementary services we'll be bringing up. Amazing. And I mean, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that's very, very important for people to have access to this data, right? Uh, because of course I work with quite a number of entrepreneurs here in Lagos. And it's, it's always challenging when businesses get to the point of, okay, we have to raise money. Uh, these data are scattered, like everywhere you can see. It. But it's important just to have a platform that can simplify it. Maybe I go on a platform, I'm working in the edtech space. I click it and I can see all the active investors in edtech for the past. Absolutely. Very Absolutely. simple, very seamless. I mean, I mean, I think it's really going to be an amazing solution uh, for startups. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, let's, let's see. We'd love your feedback as well, Kalapo. So, but what I will say, just in, in as a final point to the deal-based platform, uh, we feel very strongly that fundraising is, is not easy. Um, it's made out to be quite easy. Uh, TechCrunch and all these wonderful startups announcing significant rounds. You know, those are all good wins for the ecosystem. But fundraising in itself is, is particularly difficult. You have a capital market inefficiency across the continent at the moment. Thousands of startups pitching for really what is not 
a significant pool of capital to disperse. And so we want to try and help those startups at least get in front of the right investors. That shouldn't be the, the part that they struggle with. Um, convincing a, an investor, well, you know, tech is not going to necessarily solve that, that problem, but at least getting a, a good, credible founder with a, an exciting solution in front of the right people, um, we think we can play a, a good role in doing that. And, and <clears throat> thumbs up to you for, <clears throat> for launching this amazing platform. Uh, so, so as we round up, uh, is there any other thing you'd like to share with us? Nothing in particular. I think I would just take my hat off to to yourself, to the other founders who've been on the podcast, um, to any of your listeners here today. I think Africa is really at this precipice of becoming the it destination for uh, emerging market investment and you see a number of very, very exciting fund managers, both emerging locally and uh, you know, some significant players, global players uh, from abroad making their first investments over the last 12 months. It is the, an incredibly exciting space. And so I think if you're building in, in Africa at the moment, you're building a solution for the market, keep your head down, build something that really solves good problems. Um, you know, if, if you're looking to fundraise, start fundraising before you need to uh, build relationships with those investors prior to asking them for money. Um, sending a cold deck is never a great first impression. Uh, but I think what's very exciting is to be a part of the ecosystem. So, you know, this for me is a, is a great privilege. I'm able to, to be here. And as we all learn together, I think uh, ultimately everybody wins. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you, Marty. It's an honor. It's been an amazing conversation. It's been great to have you on the Curious K podcast. I mean, absolutely thumbs up to the great work you're doing. Get Lion and deal base in South Africa. It's simply amazing. Thank you once again for joining us. Thanks, Galapo. Thank you. And thank you, listeners. All right. So, yes, that's it, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Curious K Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the session like I did. And let's just keep in touch. I mean, we look forward to more exciting episodes from us. And see you guys next time. Bye-bye.